Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee Dee. I'm Maz Mary. And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I know this is like I'm a broken record, but it is unbelievably cold here. No, that's that's fair. That is a fair state. It is it is currently minus fifteen outside without the windshield, which is I think minus twenty seven. Minus twenty seven gabillion. Give me a break. What's going on? I hate this. I really hate this. Now, do you want to say what you always say? You're born and bred North Dakota. Mm. I could say it's a dry cold. <laughs> Because it actually is. Yeah. Irrelevant. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I think I burned two calories yesterday just walking up and downstairs. It's the worst. I, All right. I, I burned about 50 shivering. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're somewhere warm, please celebrate and enjoy it. Yes, Even actually, if it's cold where you are, like I talked to somebody in Florida yesterday. I said, oh, it's 60. I think if you're chilly. somewhere warm, I'd rather keep it to yourself, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's, it's rough. It's a rough January. <laughs> But that is not what we're on to talk about today. What are we talking about, Dr. Mary? You found this very interesting article about a, um, a woman and a mother of three young children who, during the pandemic, decided to quit alcohol, but then decided it would be easier for her if she quit alcohol and started um, taking up cannabis. So I just want to say before we get into this that I'm pretty judgy of this blog post from this woman. And uh, I'm pretty judgy from a place of absolutely zero experience. So take my judgment for what it's worth, which is not very much because I don't have anything to back it up. But I was shocked by this article. And I'm curious to know if you have thoughts on it too. So you want, do you want me to sum up the article quick? Yes, okay. you do it and then. So this, this woman uh, is, I forget where she's from. She's South American, Central or South American, has been in America for 12 years, um, is a journalist, has three children under the age of four, a toddler and twin children, babies. And uh, she managed the stress of her life with alcohol. She would come home from work after a stress, stressful day and have, I don't know how much alcohol. Well, then she realized when the pandemic hit and she was, she and her husband were at home with these three babies, which admittedly sounds terrible. I don't care how much you love your children. Three children under the age of four sounds overwhelming. Um, she realized that when she got up in the morning, even if she'd only had a drink, she was short tempered, she was groggy, she was crusty to her children, mm -hmm. all those kinds of things, which nobody, wants to be. So she shifted. She stopped drinking cold turkey because I don't think she had a drinking problem. I think she just felt like no, she alcohol actually wasn't... said she was alarmed by how much drinking she, she by how much drinking that was going on when they put the kids to bed during COVID. So, you know, I, I mean, there are many, many people. I have this conversation on a regular basis. People will go out for coffee with me and I'll think that we're going to be talking about, for instance, their donation to the arts partnership and we'll do that and then they will shift into 
I'm concerned how much I'm drinking. You know, we've become a safe place for people to sort of lob that statement and then see what we will respond with. And just for the record, we don't ever respond with, oh my gosh, you've got to get to treatment. We're not therapists. We can't diagnose, but we will listen. Okay. So she's concerned. She stops cold turkey. She starts vaping. Yeah. And so she did say she gummies. smoked weed. She did vape. She um, ate uh, THC gummies and, and took CB, CBD drops. So and, a lot of, yeah. and she lives in a state where all of this is legal. Yes. And she did say it helped her pause to take a deep breath. Now, I, I don't judge that. I try not to judge. And I spe specifically would never judge anyone's issue with any form of addiction whatsoever. But it is a kind of, you know what? There, there, there's too much conflicting information about this. Oh, it, say more and, about that. And it's not even made up science or bad science. It's not even the whole hoo-ha about the pandemic and, and vaccinations. It's not even that. It's, it's just the whole hoo-ha. There's there's a lot of independent studies are going on, and these are these are actually valid scientific terms. And the thing about science is, someone does a study, someone looks at that study and says, "I don't think that's right." So they do, and they make a whole hypothesis and do a lot of experiments, and they try and prove them wrong. Sometimes they prove that person right, and that's great because that's how this whole thing works. But sometimes they find conflicting information, and then without further study, they publish something. This person published something, because people read both, and if you're more inclined to believe this you think well i don't like that one and then it just goes on like that so i try to can I, anyone say covid vaccine efficacy <laughs> i looked into this as i i took 15 minutes this morning i i you know, you're not you, a marijuana researcher no. let's just be clear so i found this article about um now i also don't know anything about hockey <laughs> <laughs> There is a point. When I was a kid, we played hockey in my high school, but it was field hockey. Yeah, because you don't have ice. No. Dr. Mary, who cares about the uh, hockey? Anyway, so this guy, he was, a, he was the Stanley Cup, apparently. That's got something to do with hockey, too. Right. It is the World Series of hockey. I do know His that team much. won this thing four times. Um, and then he quit hockey. Um, he gained a load of weight, and he became a chronic alcoholic. And then he beat alcoholism by becoming... Um, well, a dope head. A pothead. <laughs> really. Yeah. And that's basically, he even says that in his article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, so I try to find very quickly as much um, independent research and things that actually had scientific references about, you know, is marijuana a good thing to do if you're trying to get rid of another addiction? Um, it isn't that addictive to everyone. In fact, it's less addictive than alcohol. Yes. I actually found four or five references, one of which actually stated we set out to prove this wrong and uh yeah it is less addictive than alcohol although isn't there some thought that it is emotionally addictive it's not physically addictive like alcohol no it, but but you do develop a dependency on it or a comfort around it like a blankie it is it's it's the effect you it can, has on you your, on your what well, it's supposed to be called the ventral tangential region or your pleasure center alcohol makes you feel brave and relaxed marijuana makes you feel comfortable and relaxed okay so let's just stop for a second i want to know what anybody thinks alcohol makes you feel brave and relaxed marijuana makes you feel comfortable and relaxed i've never smoked marijuana never taken a gummy never eaten brownies i, I have zero experience i mean i can count on 
all my fingers and toes just about how many times I've taken an aspirin. So I'm a bad uh, person to have this conversation from an experiential standpoint. But I, this idea of alcohol making you feel brave, is that what it did for you initially? Made me feel brave as in self, more self-confident. Okay. It never made me violent. I mean, there's no, there was a huge. That is so true. Loads of studies on, you know, you can get angry drunks. There's never been any instance reported of an ang of an angry pothead. That's true. Never. <laughs> so I'm. So calm. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Keep going. I'm sorry. Um, so I just idea. found, so there are some short-term and long-term effects. Yes. I mean. To what? marijuana oh, use okay. and without a doubt i personally think it should be given to cancer patients because it actually makes you hungry it actually also is a great at numbing pain mm -hmm. so i'm up for medical marijuana and it's also got an epileptic yes it helps with epilepsy, right helps with anxiety helps with paranoia okay but so this is really a question and answer session for dr mary who's actually not much of an expert, but because he has a PhD in science-y stuff, he's more expert than certainly I am and than many it's, of our listening audience. Why, why, why aren't any of the local TV networks picking me up <laughs> just for that? Weird anyway, thoughts with Dr. Maz. It could be a 9.30 special every be. morning. <laughs> anyway, um, it helps with anxiety. So what's the one thing that we know is true of um, the... Gen Zers, Gen Zers for your ilk, um, millennials, even Gen Xers, and and certainly other generations too. But but Gen Z and Gen and millennials in particular, anxiety is through the roof, through the roof. I could not believe when I taught a year and a half ago, I could not believe how many of my students were on anti-anxiety medication, and interestingly. How many of them just talked about it the way you would say, yeah, I take a Flintstones multivitamin. Oh, I take anti-anxiety medication. So my question is, if it helps with anxiety, then that becomes problematic because so many people are diagnosed with anxiety or believe they have anxiety. And so they're self-medicating through marijuana. Yeah. Back to you. See, the problem with that is, and there was quite a few, I mean, there was there was, a, there was an article in The Lancet, which is, you know, The Lancet is the premier top of the heap British medical journal. And I don't believe they have a sense of humor over at The Lancet. So <laughs> they don't make stuff up for a laugh. So they Nothing brought out this paper science. that said it, it helps reduce anxiety. And then I found four or five references to papers, one of them, which is in the Proceedings in the National Academy of Sciences in America, which is also which is probably beyond The Lancet that said it's been shown to increase anxiety. So that's, you know, that's one of the problems I was talking about a few minutes ago. So can I put up a quote from John yeah. or a thought from John? Yes. My gosh, if we have a listener who's got a quote, bring it up. Personal opinion. Oh, John, I thought I was hoping it was you. Hello. Good morning, John. I never find it good to exchange one addiction for another. I guess I don't actually have to read this to you because you can all see this, <laughs> but I'm going to anyway. And if you change an addiction to something else, it should be something that is healthy. Not sure that long-term use of yes. any chemical is a good thing. Boy, are you speaking my language, John. Many may be thinking about getting exercise to induce better feelings of calm and relaxation. Totally agree, although hard to do with three, four year, three kids under four. 
I think we spend too much time on electronics, mm, the ultimate cause of anxiety, and go through a process of physical activity. I Yes, I would agree with a lot of that, John. No, I also found some very interesting information. One of the big things is, oh, it's smoking, you're going to get lung cancer, which is what I actually said today, you know, about an hour ago. Mm -hmm. So I looked into it. Yes, the studies on people that smoke marijuana in unfiltered cigarettes do have the potential to develop lung cancer because smoking tobacco with all the crap in it does give you but lung that cancer. assumes that but the, the marijuana you're getting is pure yeah and the people who vape or chew the gummies don't have that problem so that there isn't a study that actually says all right we'll just use gummies and we'll get rid of the naysayers that say you're going to get lung cancer instead and just do that there needs to be a study on that, I think. And I'm just, I'm this sure is just from my 15 minute search. So don't... No, no one is saying you are claiming to be an expert. Now, here's, here's the what, thing. Hold one more quad. Thought is marijuana addictive, said the mother of the woman who doesn't take aspirin because she was raised <laughs> that way. Yes. Uh, mother, you might have come in just a little bit late. It is, there is no study that says no, it I is mean, physically addictive, correct? There is and there isn't. I mean, the fact that it makes you feel better and if you continue to use it, that in itself by definition is an addiction. But is oh. it a chronic, I can't cope without it definition? Like if you, I, it's different than being a heroin addict and it's different than being an alcoholic. It, would you say it's on par with drinking tea? No. Okay. So the short answer is... No one knows. So, of course, it does help with weight loss. And there was this long-term study. Marijuana? Yeah. I thought marijuana made you chubby because yeah. you eat snackies. But, but here's the thing. It seems, and again, not a dietitian. there was these two references I saw that talk about the fact that most of, in America, there is a marked increase in people who actually take marijuana. And even though they snack, their body gets re, um, um, their body's metabolism re reinserts itself to actually burn fatty foods, um, sorry, starchy foods and processed sugar more quickly. So you actually get a lower body mass index and it does reduce um, blood pressure that way. Okay, so can we, I'm sorry to jump into this, but can we go back quickly to the to the original article about the woman who shifted from drinking oh, hang on, I have this to here. marijuana? I agree with John completely i think we've said this a lot on this show alcohol is the foundation of daily dose because it's the addiction that visited our house it's the substance that visited our house but an addiction is an addiction is an addiction so to say well i don't drink i just smoke pot or eat gummies or take the, whatever yeah you haven't dealt with the root of your problem, which is that you are relying on something outside of your own ability to manage your life. And it might not be ruining your life, but it's, I think that's problematic. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be a fence on this one. I, I would never want to change personally. I wouldn't want to change one addiction for another. Now, if it's actually helping this person, I'm not, Yep. If they're, if they're getting on better, they, they think they're a better parent and actually maybe they are a better parent and I don't, good on you. Yep, absolutely. But, this isn't about her. It's about the conversation. And if that help, if that works for you, fair enough. I just, you know, I, if you wanted to hold me to buy the, down by the foot and tiggle it and just, get, could get you a say real answer. Um, 
I, I, I wouldn't be happy doing that yeah. myself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, to me, it would be swapping one addiction for another. But then, remember, this is coming from an alcoholic. Well, I don't know. I just, I, it really struck me, interestingly. And I guess the last thing that I thought about it is just this idea that we've so normalized alcoholism and we're on the road to normalizing marijuana. And I don't really have an opinion on that because again, most people can recreationally smoke or do marijuana however they choose to. And it's, it's fine for them. I, I don't want to do it, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, but there's all of this unknown about it. There's all of this dangerous known about it. And these are the things that we're choosing to normalize while we villainize the people who struggle with it. I think that is ultimately the real problem here is when you normalize something that can become so catastrophically problematic for so many people, and then you blame them for the problem, that feels like a very complicated environment to be successful in. And just to bring in a, a, just a tad of science in this, just, and again, Stop prefacing. We're already past our time. The Center of Disease Control has suggested, and they've made a statement based on studies, that one in 10 marijuana users will become addicted to marijuana. Now, one in six people who consume alcohol become addicted to alcohol. So who begin using before age 18? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I looked at that wrong. One in six people who use marijuana before 18 will become addicted. Yeah. But That's one in six people who drink alcohol become addicted to alcohol, full stop, no matter what their age. So I've not seen any place that says we'll become addicted around the conversation with marijuana. And yeah. Center for Disease Control seems to have some semblance of knowledge, despite the current controversy they're in, again, around COVID vaccines. Um, so it's just an interesting conversation. I hope you will join us on Thursday. We are having a conversation with a woman I talked to last week who was so unbelievably interesting. She has worked in almost every facet of addiction from hospitals to jails, to treatment mm. centers, to you name it. She has worked it. She's had a long career. It was incredibly interesting. And she's gonna bring that conversation to us and you on Thursday. So tune in then. Thanks for joining us today. Share the content if you liked it. Continue to comment um, and we'll see you on Thursday. Have see a great day. Everybody. Stay warm if at all possible. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L dot com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.